We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hell, back in the building. Yes, it's not just me this week. You guys get Dre back. I, my hot takes weren't too crazy. You were by Cole, yourself? Uh, for one of the shows. Oh, God. Cole then <laughs> uh, gave me kudos on the other show because Cole did the wrestling show with me. And he said my hot take was pretty good. I said it's because I went on vacation. Yeah, so that is now you and Cole. I came back from vacation refreshed. The vacation will wear off soon. I'm sure we have a pro wrestling show later on in the week. Forbidden Door. Uh, WWE has a pay-per-view coming up, I believe, as well. NXT has um, a special. No, no, the Gold Rush. Yeah. Yes, Gold Rush, where Seth Rollins is on it. So a bunch of stuff to talk about in pro wrestling later on in the week. We also have boxing, as we always do. Boxing is heating up. This is kind of the last, like, calm before the storm, but we still have to recap Regis Proigres, his performance. Edgar Berlanga is making his zone debut this weekend. So a lot to go on in boxing. But today, it's about MMA. We have a great guest joining us today, Philip Rowe, before his fight this weekend with Neil Magny who, of course, we always call the ultimate gatekeeper ultimate. On, this yep. on this show. He is the litmus test in that division at welterweight. We'll talk to Phil Rowe here in a little while. But, Dre, before we get to last weekend's card, this weekend's card, everything else, how was your days off? How was your mini vacation for the wife's birthday? Oh, it was a staycation. Uh, I drank a lot. Like we drink, we drank a lot. The food looked bomb. I didn't see any drinks. Yeah, the no, we went bomb. to uh, the spot called Harlow, and uh, the food, that, that restaurant was great, but yeah, we drank a lot. It was uh, Father's Day, so we did Father's Day brunch. We did brunch like three days in a row. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Had my kids. They were crazy. I saw the dancing. Yeah, they were dancing. It was weird because like, I was trying not to do anything, but you know, focus on the family. So I was like, I, didn't, I was trying to watch fights like when Maxwell would wake up at like four in the morning and sneak off and watch Collision. Right. And then <laughs> like try to watch the pro grade fight or watch the UFC card. It was weird because I was like completely disconnected from everything. So I've been like cramming everything since I got back. But uh, it was good, man. Uh, now, nice little short vacation. I'm going to take another one about a week. I'll go to D.C. Nice. Four or five days. Um, you love you some D.C. I haven't been to D.C. since I almost moved out there. Yeah, I was about to say since you almost moved. It was real close. I was right before the whole zone thing kicked off. But. So it's been a few years. We got fam family and friends out there. So I'm going to take another trip. Try to, you know, use these days off. Shit. Shit, me too. I just planned another vacation for August. See? So we, we're in the same boat. Yeah, we have yeah. like a ESPN corporate retreat for the social team. And I was like, oh, word? I was like, what do I got that week before? I was like, I take four days off. They're like, yep. And then they'll fly me to the retreat. I was like, all right, cool. Like, we're going to figure this out. And there's a basketball game. Social team, East versus West. Y'all have fun. Don't tear yeah. anything. Y'all, I'm about to drop 40, 10, and 10. 40 what? 40 Turnovers? Easy. Come on. Clang. Come on. 40 bricks? Come on. This mid-range game? Come on. Well, you got an old Let's, man mid-range Yeah, I mean, I started balling before, like, the three-point shot was in, in favor. So I, I still have handles. Like, I got, like, the old-school New York point guard game. 
uh, with the Tony Parker layup package. I almost feel like I need to see this. Oh, yeah. No, nah, like, I'm Dre. I guess we don't really, like, do anything athletic. We just drink and do brunch and Yeah, stuff. no, I don't but, do that. I'm over, I'm over that shit. That was I'm once st- upon a time I used to go, hey, go, let's go hoop now. Let's, do let's it. go drink. That's all I'm going to do. Come on. I'm still wildly athletic. Uh, so, okay. yeah, no, nah, I'm pushing the ball up court, coast to coast, get a board, running. The handle's still there. The court vision. I got it all. So I'm dropping 40, 10, and 10. Sounds like a hot take. But- Listen, last time I balled with ESPN, it was football. It was like a turkey bowl. And I was in Bristol. And I went out there. It was first team to eight touchdowns. I had six touchdowns and three interceptions. And they were just like, what the fuck? And my team lost. <laughs> so <laughs> it was all bad. It was like playing for the Jets. Wow. It's just empty stats. That's good. So, yeah, now nah, this time I got to go out there like Jokic. Drop 40, 10, and 10. Call it a day. And then, uh, yeah, but before then, going on vacation again. So I understand. I'm starting to understand the importance of vacation, especially because our next five weeks are just slammed. It's about to get real stupid. That's why I'm taking this little vacation for the first week of July because then it's it's International Fight Week. So we got all UFC 290. I'm hosting the pre-show for Sirius that morning. Then I got, like, a bunch of Sirius shows that week. Then we get a break for, like, two weeks. Is it two weeks? You get a break for two weeks. We have a fight out here at the Chelsea. What? Uh, Martin? Ghost? The fuck are you talking about? Frank Frank Martin's out here? Oh, yeah, that's right. July 15th. Damn, I almost forgot about that shit. So, um, someone good is on the co-main of that fight. No, Frank Martin, one of the most underrated lightweights out there. 100%. So, he's on the 15th. On the 22nd, I have to cover Cambosis randomly. From like Nebraska or have fun with that. Omaha or something. And then, yeah, it starts our ESPN slate where I have Inouye the Tuesday after. So it's Cambosis on a Saturday, oh Inouye on a Tuesday, and then Sinyessa on a Friday, Crawford Spence that Saturday. Yep. And then the week after Saturday, that? Saturday, Saturday is four fights. Are you going out for Jake I'm not going. I'm trying my hardest not to go for Jake. I have to go for that shit. So If it moves to LA, I will go. If I'm it stays in Dallas, I will not. But yeah, SummerSlam Ooh. weekend, Jake Paul. Oh, UFC the same weekend as oh, yeah. UFC Salt Lake. Just, which is Dustin, Poirier and, uh, just uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje are the same weekend. BMF title in Salt Lake. A BMF yeah. title, you can't even curse in Salt Lake. But whatever. So that's in Salt Lake. That's all happening. I have to cover WNBA All-Star Game, which is out here. Summer League. Oh, God. Summer League is that week. It's a lot. A ton. It's a lot. Ton going. Yeah, so I'm taking my vacation. I'm taking a vacation. (laughs) So my vacation again is is after all this madness. But yeah, we have so much UFC before then. I mean, they're going to London again, which is always a huge week for us. Those London cards go crazy. So yeah, we're starting to ramp it up. Now now is the time. It's about to be crunch time now through the middle of August um, for all combat sports. So it's it's getting exciting in the world of combat sports in UFC. In particular, before we just give our thoughts on last week's cards and our predictions for our guest joins us, real quick, your thoughts on Conor McGregor. You weren't here when we talked when I talked about it last week. Is it time to just cut your yes. losses? Yes. He don't fight. <laughs> I mean, this that's my issue with Conor. It's like, is he worth the trouble? Right? Because clearly he did something. I he, at he, the least he did he something. Cheated. Well, all I'm saying is you did something that caused all this attention. Yes. Stay home. Right? Like, I was on the air with uh, Ryan McKinnell. We were doing host of series when the news broke. And the first thing I said was, whether these are allegations, obviously, you can only take them with a grain of salt. But why are you always in some shit wherever you go? Right? Like, wherever you go, you're always in some shit. Yeah. You haven't entered the USADA testing pool, which means you're not fighting this year. The ultimate fighter, nobody cares. They thought it was going to rectify the, the ratings by putting Connor on there. I think people watched the first episode and was like, eh, same shit. Yeah. I don't care. The fight with Chandler might not happen. At a certain point, Chandler's got to move on. Yeah, Chandler has to fight at the end of this season no matter what. Connor does, does not. It's a mess. But, yeah. but you take the this. The man needs money. Like, <laughs> but he's just got to fight. Yeah. You got to look at Connor and like, bro, you're not even going to fight me. So we got to move on. So if you're Connor, you haven't fought since you broke your leg against Poirier. And you lost. Right? And you lost a fight before that. You're not even winning fights. You lost a fight before that. 
You're not winning fights. His last win was what? Cowboy. How many years ago was that? That was before the pandemic, Cowboys wasn't it? going into the Hall of Fame this year. How about that? So <laughs> if this man is causing you all these headaches, UFC fighters have been cut for less, right? Every day. It, yeah, look, I'll go back all the way back when Miguel Torres was on Twitter and make a rape, made a rape van joke, and they cut him for a rape van joke. Connor's throwing dollies through buses. Yep. Connor's slapped old men in bars. Yes, he has. Connor, like, he has been involved in so much shit. And this, whether he did it or not, it's another situation where you go, dude, you're a liability. You're not even making us money. Yeah. Costing us money. Because we're waiting to build cards around you, and then you don't fight. You got to go. And I know somebody will be like, well, somebody will pick him up. Let Connor deal with that. Let even if, him be their headache. Even if it was Bellator, PFL, anybody. One, they're not going to pay him the money that the UFC was paying him. Two, everybody's approaching this with trepidation because it's like, bruh, you can't be an ambassador for the sport. We don't know when you're going to fight. And you're probably not going to win. Yeah. It's, if he goes to boxing, he's definitely not. No, dude, he, it's, it is over for Conor McGregor. It's over. It's been over for a while. Yeah. But in the sense of... It's the like, ugly decline. Though. Yeah, it, it's, the, uh, it's the tail end of Mike Tyson's career. When, you know, you're fighting Peter McNeely and, <laughs> like, just losing fights. Yeah. But people think you're still on attraction, but you're not. The, like, the UFC, if they've done anything, is that they've made it about the fight cards and not necessarily you, right? Because even if he does fight, that's 2024. It's a long way. And it's not guaranteed he's going to win. And even if he does win or lose, whatever happens, you might not see him for another two years. What's Why? It's not worth it. This rape thing, this rape allegation, as soon as I saw, like, there was too many video cameras. We knew that. Yeah. But as soon as you see him leading the girl into the bathroom, bro, you got three and a possible at home. I say a possible, even though, you know, yeah, he's three, pregnant. Three and one in the oven. Yeah, but, you know, what are you doing? You clearly don't give a fuck. About no, zero fuck. Your family, nothing. You don't care. And then, you know, I had the nerve. Again, to I don't know their arrangement. Still. But even then. It has to be on some, yo, I can't embarrass you in public. Type. Yeah, it's like, yo, listen, whatever our arrangement is, you do that so I can't see it. Yeah, 100%. Now, the NBA Finals? Really, Connor? Of all the places. In a crowded place. Like, nobody was going to see you go into this bathroom. Right, you just punched out a mascot. You are Connor McGregor. Everybody's. Yeah, everybody everybody's knows. Everybody's filming you. Every, everybody knows, and you still go out of your way to do this. Because you had to go out of your way to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like it was convenient. No. You're at the NBA Finals. Yeah. You did this, and you got caught up, and whether you're getting blackmailed, whether you actually did something, whether it was actual sexual assault, whatever. Set himself up to get blackmailed if he's getting blackmailed. That's my point. You, he was an idiot first. So let's just say these charges stick. Let's just say something like this sticks. Now you're really not fighting. No. If you're Dana White, you got to cut bait, man. It's, it's too much. You got to let him go. Yeah, I, I mean, 2024, that's just such a long way away. Build new stars. I mean, you, you kind of have been in the process. The whole lightweight division has moved on without Connor. Yeah. He, he hasn't been an instrumental part of a division since Featherweight. Right. Because he was a lightweight champion, but never defended a title. It was once. No, he beat like, Eddie Alvarez, and that and was then it. That was, that was the end of the roller coaster. Yeah, and he then came back and got mowed down Floyd. by Khabib. Yeah, it was Floyd, then Khabib. I mean, he made a ton more money after that. Sure. And his pockets are lined. Like, his family is fine. But, but I mean, you can't keep allegedly raping people because sooner or later you're coming out of pocket for every allegations some way, somehow. Bruh, listen, it's not even that, which is obviously the biggest thing right now, but what the fuck were you doing at BKFC? Right? Like, what are you jumping in, in the, their cage with Mike Perry for? Like, why do we have you? <laughs> you, don't, you don't promote us, you promote you. And all you do is fuck up. Yeah. All you do is find yourself in precarious positions where it's like, it's real bad. You made money off your little documentary. You're making money hand over fist. You don't need us. Did they, did Netflix, is Netflix going through with that or did they pull that? I haven't heard any of it. Well, no, the documentary was out. Oh, is it? Yeah, the series. I watched it already. Oh. It wasn't bad. Okay. But the point is, is that Connor can make money without the UFC. And the UFC can make money without Connor. Move on. There's no reason to stick with this guy who. I'm not sure Connor his- making any more money. Sold. The liquor. I mean, he'll find a way. Like, Connor will find a way to fleece somebody for some money, right? And maybe he'll get his life together and maybe he can, make, he can do a Mike Tyson turnaround. It's bad. 
Like, this is bad for Connor. So, he ain't fighting, man. I, I don't see the point of keeping him around. And if he is fighting, he's losing. Gaethje, Poirier, Oliveira, they all beat his ass. Yeah. I don't know who he beats when he comes back. Michael Chandler might have beat him. I think he would have beat Chandler, but maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> like, he's clearly, like, as he's soon as... He's drinking at every event. Exactly. When I saw him at BKFC, I said it. I said it in our group chat. As soon as I saw him take a drink of that bottle, like, he ain't fighting this year. He ain't fighting. NBA finals, drinking, every, everywhere I've seen him. It's a bottle of proper. Yep. Not a cup. It's a bottle. A bottle of proper. Just pouring, drinking, pouring, drink. Like, damn. You ain't you ain't taking the series. You got what you wanted, which was money. Like you they had the champ champ status. You're living in a dream right now. You're living in the past. And yeah. if I'm Dana White, Connor's made me a lot of money, but sometimes you gotta let the kids go. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta be like, yo. You're chasing one more paycheck. Is it worth it? I, I is don't an know extra couple hundred thousand pay per views worth it compared to what you're gonna have to pay Connor? Yeah. Right? That's true. Is is the is the return worth the investment when you can put You better put Bo Nickel, you better put But you gotta pay them it, too. Yeah, but I mean, if Connor fights again, you better put whoever you think is next, 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 and then next on that card to get the rub. The return not, of, there's no there's no return on return of investment is isn't big enough to to deal with Connor anymore. Because like you have Gaethje and Poirier fighting in Salt Lake City. And it's not going to do gangbuster numbers, but I don't think it'll be that far off from a Connor fight. Whereas you have to pay Connor 10 million, whatever you have to pay. You ain't paying them barely a million yeah. or two. If you're lucky, if Masvidal said the biggest payday he had was $5 million, which is gross. It's not great. He it's did stupid numbers on some Ridiculous, but $5 million. You're paying Connor way more than that. Yeah. And it's not worth it. If you get a million pay-per-views, you're barely breaking even with Connor anymore. Yep. Let it go. No, it's tough. It is tough. And this might be the end of Conor McGregor. It should be. Athletically. It should be. In any, yeah, in any regard. And then last week we had a couple of fights as well. Um, don't have to go through everything. Because there's not a lot to go through. No. I mean, Manuel Torres, pretty good knockout. Sure. Um, earlier in the card, we had good submissions. Then in the main event, Jared Kennanier versus Marvin Vittori. I don't know what Marvin Vittori is. Marvin Vittori trains with Dewey Cooper now. Yeah. And Dewey Cooper is a great coach in striking. It's convinced Marvin Vittori that he's a striker. Marvin Vittori doesn't wrestle anymore. Yeah, he's 100% a wrestler, and I don't know where that he, went. And he's a striker, and his striking got him hit in the face 268 times by Jared Kennanier. <laughs> the best and worst compliment that I can pay Marvin Vittori is this one right here. Man, you got a hell of a chin on you. It's the best worst thing I can say about you. Best because can't finish you. Worst because you let a man break a record on your face? 268 significant strikes. Bloody mess. Couldn't get him out of here. But Vittori's now two and three in his last five in the middleweight division, which is kind of a disaster in itself. And was taken down four times himself this week. Right. Fight. Like Cannoneer shouldn't be doing this to you, and yeah. he did. So I don't know what Vittori is anymore. I do know that. He ain't going to be able to take another 268 punches in the face. It's going to be somebody we don't expect to knock out Vittori. Cannonier made the investment. Yeah. <laughs> he has he chipped away at that granite chin. And somebody that we least expect is going to knock out Marvin Vittori next. That's what's going to happen. Cannonier, on the other hand, this man was like, I want a title shot. Well, nobody wants to see that. No, that was ugly. We saw what you did with Izzy. And then I guess somebody asked him, you know, if you fight welcomes Hamza. And he was like, will it get me a title shot? Motherfucker's going to make you money. The only possible fight that's going to get you a fight without Asanya is Hamzat. It's the only, that's the only opponent. You could try to beat Bobby Knuckles. Don't matter. Even if you beat Robert Whitaker, that fight is not appealing to anyone. Like, we just saw what Izzy did. If you can beat somebody that's on the rise, even if he's not ranked, because rankings don't fucking mean anything. Nothing at all. If you beat Hamzat, people would go... Oh, maybe he's changed his game. Maybe he's gotten better. I'd like to see this fight now. Beat Robert Whitaker is just beating somebody that Izzy already beat twice. Yeah. It doesn't get him anywhere. Cannonier needs to fight Hamzat. I don't want to hear him talk about, oh, you know, I hope, you know, he's not ranked or will it get me a title fight? Nothing else you can do in that division can get you a title fight. Nobody cares. Nope. The At gap all. is too it's just wide. A bunch of people Izzy already beat. Everybody, like, Izzy has beaten everybody, I guess, except for Duplessis. Yeah. Who now not, must win. Right. And he's got to win. 
Because if not, there's no one else. That now it's like the whole division is in shambles now because you need somebody to come up. Clearly, if Duplessis loses, Hamza will be one fight away from a title shot. Yeah. Because he's the only person. That's it. So if you're Jerry Cannonier, you welcome a fight with Hamza because if it ain't you, it'll be somebody else. Yep. It'll be Whitaker, Duplessis, or it'll be somebody else that gets that opportunity. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, like, why wouldn't you fight Hamza? He's got more hype than anybody else. Yeah, and the hype train. Like, that's your job. Where, wasn't the Killer Grill the guy, like, two years ago was like, I can't wait for my next fight because I'm broke. Didn't he say that in the octagon? 100%. What the fuck you waiting for? <laughs> you better fight whoever gets you a paycheck. And then this weekend, Josh Emmett, Ilya Tapora. It's a good fight. Good fight. I think Tapora wins this. I think Tapora wins? Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's going to take a lot, though. Josh Emmett, you go in there against Josh Emmett, there's some blood. No, there's definitely going to be some blood, but we saw what Yara Rodriguez did to him. It's I think five Tavori, rounds. I know. I, th- <laughs> I just think Tavori is a, he's a really good grappler. There's a lot of things that Tavori does. I don't think Emmett's going to catch him. Um, it's a good fight, but it's a weird, it, it's a, another weird run of fights that we've had yeah. where we're having these main events. It's like, that's cool. But is that really a main event? True. It, it's like, this would be really good opening a pay-per-view card. Right. Or like the main event right before a pay-per-view. Like this isn't a this isn't a main event I want to see. But, but it's I'll, a I'm, fight I want to see. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. But it's like this is the ABC but card too. I thought Dan Ige was gonna get Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett got him out. Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett got him out. No, like Emmett's outside good. of Yair, who's obviously has hit a different level and we see he is now interim champ. Like he's become what he was supposed to be yeah. all along. Yeah. So outside of Yair, though, like, he still looked good. And, yeah. and Taporia is, Taporia, I don't know. He's young, man. Yeah, I'm still picking Ilya Taporia. He's young, 26. This, this one, I was like, yo, you ready? That, that's what it, exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. It's like, we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. And if you lose, it's okay. Go. You can go. Yep. And then, uh, real quick, co-main, Amanda Rivas versus Macy Barber. I always like Amanda Rivas. I do too. It's just she's just she's fun. She's a, she's a Macy great Barber is another one though that's only twenty five. Yeah, she's a baby. But I think Amanda Rivas is is who's jujitsu. She's solid striking. I think she's just probably going to be the better fighter all around. And she'll get the dub. Yeah, and Macy's one of the ones where it's like, yo, you're supposed to be this. Yeah, and I think she's building towards that. Yeah, you're not there yet. Not yet. Let's find twenty five. Yeah, yeah, you're just maybe not there yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to switch gears because another great fight on his card, Neil Magny, Phil Rowe, in the main event of the prelims. And we actually have Rowe joining us right now. Phil, I think I can What's hear you. What up? What up? Look at this. Taking time out of training. Yeah, we got you. How you doing, brother? Nah, doing good. Doing good. You look good. You're training right now. Taking time out to talk with us, man. We appreciate you. The, the fights, you make them look fairly easy in the octagon. But, you know, it's how are you feeling coming into the fight? How's the weight cut? How is this going this week? I feel good, man. Um, 
I don't think there's ever an easy weight cut, you know. Um, but um, it, I'm feeling as good as I can feel. You know, this is it's normal. It's supposed to suck, you know, but I embrace it all. I know when this moment in my life passes me by, I'll miss everything about it. You know, I'll miss the, the hard weight cuts. I'll miss the anxiety. I'll miss the, the nerves, the excitement. So I learned to, to be present um, and to be in the moment and to enjoy it all. So, Phil, uh, you're fighting Neil Magny this weekend, and I've always called this man the litmus test. This man is the, the man that, you, that the UFC puts in front of people to figure out, do you got it or do you not have it to break into the upper crust of the welterweight division? He's only lost to, like, top-tier guys. When you got the call for this fight, did you understand the assignment? Because if you beat Neil Magny, you're immediately probably thrust into that, immediately probably that top 10, top 15 in the welterweight rankings. Yeah, I mean... Um respectfully I'm, I'm here to beat up everybody you know so I'm, i don't look at it like neil magny is, is uh the gatekeeper or whoever, whatever they say neil magny has the most wins in welterweight history i feel or top two f- for a reason um and i'm also not the guy that's like oh he's only lost to the good guys or he's only lost to that means you're not a good guy if you can't beat the good Good guys, you know, I'm here to beat the good guys. You know, I'm not here to say I'm Magny and I lost to the guy with all the wins. I'm here to knock people out and win, you know, and I believe in myself and I know what I can do. Um, and that's what I'm here to do. It sounds like the UFC also believes in you. That, and that's why I'm saying to put you in there with Neil Magny right now, you won three in a row. You've looked fantastic your last three fights to put you in somebody in there with somebody like him. Neil Magny speaks a lot to what the UFC thinks of you. Um, I, maybe, you know, um, I don't, I don't feel they, they think highly of me, man. You know, um, just keeping it a buck. I'm the most charismatic. I'm the best dressed. I'm the funniest guy in the roster, man. I watch these guys capitalize off my ideas and things that I do. I watch a lot of guys in the roster and I just feel like they don't push me. You know, I feel like I'm, I feel like, um, I feel like I don't even feel like a bench player. I feel like an inactive player. You know, I feel like I'm on, I'm the last man on the roster, you know. I'm in the lead, right? You know, I feel like they don't want to pass me the ball. So I'm going to keep knocking people out. I'm going to keep forcing them to see who I am. I'm going to keep fighting for the mic pause. And I know, um, I know I'm going to execute, you know. But I feel like every fight, I am. Every fight they have me as the underdog for whatever reason. I keep stretching these cats. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. So... Um, I'm waiting for one of those static posts in the UFC. I'm waiting for them to show me some love, but it's my four fight, three knockouts in a row. I'm one knockout away from the most in welterweight consecutively. So we'll see. I'm here to, I'm here to do work. I, it feels like welterweight for the first time in a long time is wide open, right? Like we've seen Kamaru drop the title. You see him not be able to pick it back up. Leon's on top. The ranking, we don't know what's happening with Hamzat. Everything is kind of up and down in, in the welterweight division. People from 155 are trying to fight there. Everyone's in and out. There's so many fresh matchups. Did that get you excited to know, like, you know what? This is my time with my personality, with my skills, where I could really climb the ladder fast and take advantage of some of these matchups and some of these big names seemingly flooding the welterweight division. All they got to do, man, is is eight K and watch me go to work. You know, like I said, I'm here for a reason and I'm stretching guys. People don't even get knockouts in the UFC. I got three in a row early on in my career. You know, this is what I'm going to keep doing. You know what I mean? Like, and especially showing a shade of what I can do. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm a black belt in the gi. I started off in the gi. Like, I don't, I haven't even shown what I can do. And I'm still out there finishing fights in a violent manner. And to be honest, I'm not worried about nobody but me. You know, uh, I'm not worried about a single guy but Phil Rowe. So I'm not, I'm not here to call guys out. I'm not here to, I'm here to take my 15 minutes, make the most money possible and ride off into the sunset, you know? So whatever that entails, I'm with it. You know what I mean? Whoever that entails, I'm with it. So I'm just here to knock people out, man, and get paid. So I'm, I'm doing that, and um, I'm just trying to sign bigger checks, man. So whatever that entails, I'm all for it. Yo, I got to ask you, man, the, the name The Fresh Prince, uh, what, what made you pick that nickname? You know there's a history behind it, especially for black folks. <laughs> um, 
I, I didn't pick the nickname, so uh, no secret. Will Smith is a huge influence in who I am. I, you know, like I grew up uh, watching him and emulating things he did on The Fresh Prince, and one of my favorite actors of all time. But uh, everyone always said, "Man, you like Will? You like Will? You, I've heard that my whole life." And uh, funny story, I can I can consolidate it. But um, Reese Hall was my first trainer. He's a black belt under Tanquino, Augusto Mendez, who fought in the UFC. And uh, I remember I was nervous in my first fight, 2012, Bike Week beatdown in Daytona Beach. And uh, the ref came up to me and he's like, hey, man, because um, I was so nervous. I guess my coach knew the ref and he told the ref to fuck with me. He was like, hey, man, um, I didn't get your name. I said, what you mean? I'm Phil Rowe. He goes, no, 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 I didn't get your fight name. He goes, you're, you're up in two fights. If you don't give me a fight name, man, you can't fight. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, Reese, why don't you tell me I needed a fight name? And I was already nervous. I'm like, damn, man. He's like, man, you, you, you need a fight name or you're not fighting. And he walks away. So I'm freaking out. I'm trying to center myself. The guy comes back and he goes, hey, man, do you, do you figure out a name? And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, what's your name? I said, Phil Death Row. I thought that was fire. <laughs> He's like, he's like, okay. He's like, I like that. I said, yeah. He thought I was gonna, he thought I was gonna drop the ball. I said, Phil Death Row. So my coach goes, man, that's the fucking Fresh Prince, man. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't Phil. That, that's the fucking Fresh Prince. So I'm in the back, waiting to come out, waiting for him to say Phil Death Row. And then I come out. He's like, Phil the Fresh Prince. And I kind of laughed like my coach did, and then I went out. And then from that point on, I stuck with everybody. Calls me Fresh, Fresh. Everybody calls me Philly, Philly Fresh. So it is what it is. So that, that's been with me since 2012. I ain't going to lie. Phil Death Row would have been fired. Some gangster shit. Gang, Yo. Gangster. Ain't it, though? <laughs> yeah. Right? The I entrance, think about that all the time. The entrance would have been crazy. I never thought of that. <laughs> Phil Death Row. That's fire. That's fire. And they thought I was going to drop the ball on it. But oh, my God. It, it, never, it never panned out. That That's such an iconic entrance. You just come out to, like, Snoop. Yeah, and, and Pac, <laughs> like natural born killers, like you come out and feel death row coming out to natural. Word. Listen, brother, you get a <laughs> knockout this weekend. I'm advocating for the nickname change because I'd love to see it. Four, four straight Let's knockouts. Let's go. <laughs> Shit, nah, man. It, <laughs> when you look at Neil Magny it, again, a veteran, a guy 35 years old, but like you said, some, I think the most wins in welterweight history. You're going out there, and he's such a good fighter, and he, he makes a point in stopping his opponents. Do you look at his style and you say, this is a style that's going to be better for me than it is even him? Like, we're going to have action, and this is someone I can go in there and continue the streak. This is someone I can put to sleep when I watch his fights. What was your name again, brother? My name's Kel. Say again? Kel. Kel Dansby. Uh -huh. Kel, so Kel, you from New York? You got a New York hat on, no? I am from New York, from the Bronx. Oh, oh, word, it's just I'm from Brooklyn. But Kel, real quick. My man. Um, so, so for me, I hear a lot, of, a lot of things in this matchup, right? I always hear, um, well, he's fought this guy, he's fought that guy. Um, he only lost to this guy. He only lost to the good. Look, man, I've been rumbling with the best, in the world for a long time and on my soul i can empty out my my phone and round after round of a lot of names that i've been in there rumbling with one thing i can tell you any fight i've ever been in in my entire life i've finished if i've won that fight i've finished 100% amateur pro my usa boxing book my muay thai book my professional MMA book. If I win, you're getting knocked out or you're going to sleep. And that's statistics. You know, you can't argue that. You know, 100% of the time, amateur and pro, that's crazy. You know, people don't holler at me. When I knock out more people, they'll start tapping Amateur. Boxing, kickboxing, MMA, pro MMA. The fight that I've won, I've finished. I was knocking people out with headgear, sticking up gloves as an amateur boxing. My, I have two professional boxing wins. Every fight that I've won, I've not, I've finished a guy, whatever. So for me, I'm tired of people saying, "Hey man, Neil Magny, Neil, what about Phil Rowe? I'm six foot four, 
both hands. You better be simulating that throwing such hammers at your crib. I care about you. I don't care about who you fought. Everybody, they love highlight. Like if you even watch my fights, it's always they're talking about the other guy. And then oh damn, bam, bam. Oh shit, Phil. You know, so I'm so I'm so numb to it all in the MMA game. Like, just look at the sh- the trajectory of my career. I started my career zero and two. Nobody thought I'd get to where I'm at now. And even when you watch my fights and you listen to the commentary, like it's hilarious until you see a guy laying on the canvas. So I don't pay attention to it. The longer you're in the UFC, the more attrition you have taken over the years. So if you've been here for ten years, you've been rocking with guys at the highest level for 10 years and taking damage i'm fresh i'm new i'm i'm full of swag i'm i'm full of style i got hella footwork power in both hands god bless you 15 minute window god bless you <laughs> nah man i can't wait uh so everyone listening it's pretty easy bet on phil by knockout and i feel like we're gonna make some money this weekend <laughs> like the the resume does not lie phil by knockout let's pat our pockets let's uh go and celebrate with this cash after this weekend Kel, it's so bad i look at tapology i'll be asking my coach i'm like is i about to get jumped is it about to be four niggas in here fighting me like <laughs> i they they don't think i can it's so weird but like i i give credit where credit's due bro I pay my dues in this game, man, like through blood. You know what I mean? Like it blows my mind how dismissive of me they are. I'm like, I don't know if it's the goofy demeanor. I don't know what it is. But hey, man, when they in there, they'll see, you know, so they could keep. That, what is the what is the underdog, the minus or the plus? They can keep. What, which one is it? The plus plus that they can keep putting the plus next to my name. My friends have been paying their rents and upgrading their whips off me since I've been fighting. So, hey, let's do it. Yo, it's so crazy. Our producer before the before this interview was like, yo, who you interviewing? We're like, yo, Phil Rowe. And he was like, I can't believe he's not on the main card. It was like they put him on the prelims against Neil Magny. This makes no sense. And I, so to hear you say that, it's like, yeah, it's kind of you have to keep proving people wrong. Because even that, those little Kale, things. I'm not just talking slight. shit, bro. Look at my fights. Like, Oh, uh, I don't want to say the guy's name. Like, I don't want to pick on nobody. But I, I've, I knocked out an undefeated fighter in the UFC. Him and his twin brother were both see. They're both cut already. We both are on the contender. They gave this guy three static posts before we fought. I went out there and stretched him. He's not in the UFC anymore. <laughs> like, it's it's not an even playing. You know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to keep getting people killed. You know what I mean? Eventually, they're going to show me love, you know? But I don't know what it is, man. Like, and it's, this is not just in my head. This is my fifth UFC fight. And I see the way they, it's weird, you know? Like, no matter what their agenda is, I ain't with it. You know so what it is. I'm it getting took, in there and I'm took, rumbling. It took Leon Edwards like 13 in a row to get a title shot. We know what it is. Yeah, we know. Facts. We, 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 so we've seen it. We, we know the answer to that question. Kobe's uh, uh, gotten like three title shots. Yeah. So, we, you know, we, we, there, there ain't no secrets to uh, what the agenda is, my man. It's 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 a messy business, and that's why we're here to like we got to prop up the, the cast that look like us because uh, the UFC ain't really doing hey, it though. Hey, look, man, I respect that. <laughs> I respect that, and I ain't gonna lie. When I saw you guys, I got very excited. I'm 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 pumped to be on your podcast, man. We appreciate it. Go handle business this weekend. Get the knockout. We can't wait. Again, they can't deny you for too long. Go out there, get the stoppage. Do what you do. We love the confidence. We love the entertainment aspect of it, and the UFC can't ignore it for much longer, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, Phil Rowe, going out there this weekend, Yo, getting another you, knockout. Kel, you guys tap in with me. You guys tap in with me. Follow me on Instagram so I can follow you guys back, and I'll support you guys' platform, man. I appreciate yes, you, Yes, sir. No Absolutely, problem. Brother. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. We appreciate you. Love. All right. Phil Rowe before his fight this weekend, man. I am excited. Pumped. Make sure you guys check out the prelims. Better be the last damn time he's on the prelims. But uh, he's about to really put on a show with him, Neil Magny. Neil Magny is also one of the best finishers. Phil, like he said, every fight he's won, he has finished. This is going to be exciting. Make sure you guys check that out. We gave the rest of our main event predictions for this week. Next week, we'll recap all of this and have a longer MMA show. Like I said, we're really rolling into a busy time, not only in MMA, but all combat sports. Next week, we start gearing up for International Fight Week. We get to talk, and we didn't, apologies, we didn't get to talk too much Bellator today. They had a good 
fight card as well. But I yeah. want to talk about uh, Sergio Pettis. And that was a, a hot take that was very ill-received in our group chat this past weekend. Dre wasn't there, but I said uh, Sergio Pettis has officially surpassed Anthony Pettis in terms of career accomplishments. Um, so Wait, wait, wait. We can keep going. Because me and Dean Thomas just had this conversation today. <laughs> So I watched the fight after everybody else. Yeah. I, I didn't at the group chat muted. Yeah. So we have to look at Anthony Pettis. And, and while we say ever since Anthony Pettis is no longer be, like he never truly lived up to his potential. Like really think about this for a minute. His high was high. He knocks out. Well, he doesn't knock out. He beats Benson Henderson in yeah. the final WC fight. He loses his UFC debut against Clay Guida. People forget about that. I forgot about it. I thought he came in as champ. No, he lost. Benson was champ? Uh, no, they... Uh, Who's the first UFC champ? Wait, from WC? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't have a champ. They oh. didn't come in. They had to work their way up. Yes. Yeah. But they, his UFC debut was against Clay Guida, and he lost. He eventually submits Benson Henderson, yeah. gets the title. But if you really think about it, who has he really beat? Now, granted, he's wildly talented, but... I just watched Sergio Pettis beat Pitbull, Horiguchi, and Juan Archuleta, who was a three-division champion in another promotion. Yep. Three consecutive wins. And he's not he's on the pound for pound. He's not as flashy as Pettis, but he's more complete. Yep. I it's not a hot take anymore. Okay, good. You're on my side of this. Yes, it's everyone thought I was crazy in the Like beach. really look at Anthony Pettis's career. Anthony Pettis got on the Wheaties box because of his potential. Yes. Anthony Pettis. Did. That Showtime kick did a lot. Yeah, they show it all the time. To this day. But it didn't knock out Benson Henderson. It won the fight. It won the round for him, but it didn't knock out Benson Henderson. Anthony Pettis knocked out Wonderboy. But this is after his career has been all up and down. And that was a weird knockout. Like, Wonderboy like, was working his ass. Tony Ferguson beat Anthony Like, if you look at the list... Nate Diaz, Poirier, Max Holloway. I mean, he's lost to some good people. He's lost, but he's lost a lot of fights. This was their defense. He beat Jeremy Stevens. So? Split decision. All right. Split cool. decision against Jeremy Stevens. That was so? the second UFC fight. And then beat Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone was still Cowboy Cerrone. That's cool. Kicked him to the body. That, yes. that knockout was That was filthy. great. Then submitted Benson Henderson. Got the title. Submitted Gilbert Melendez. Yes. Those are his two best wins. And then... That was fell it. off the table. Then Dos Anjos, Eddie, Barboza, Got, they all beat him. And then he submits Charles Oliveira, which looks great now. Now, but back then, that Oliveira wasn't, wasn't the same Charles wasn't Oliveira. wasn't Dubronx, yes. Yeah, so that, that was my key. I was like, that looks great. The Wonder Boy win looks great. But when he caught them, that wasn't the, the Wonder Boy versus Woodley. No, that it wasn't. wasn't. That wasn't Charles Oliveira now. No, that's why, like, when people look at Anthony Pettis, and I don't want to disrespect Anthony Pettis, his brother, as soon as his brother started falling off the table and Sergio got to become his own man, he didn't have to live in that shadow. Because you remember, Sergio Pettis is only 29 years old. Yeah. When he first got in the game, people was like, oh, it's Anthony Pettis' little brother. And he he doesn't, was like 20. He yeah, was like 19. But he doesn't fight like Anthony. No. So people are immediately disappointed in Sergio Pettis. Sergio gets cut by the UFC, goes to Bellator, hasn't lost since. Yep. He just beat Bellator's probably the greatest fighter in the history of that company. Arguably. In terms of accomplishments, yes, Pitbull does go down. I don't understand why these guys continue to go down and wait. There's nowhere else to make yeah, super but, fights. Well, you got to go up. You can't go down. Going down three is a problem. Divisions? If, three divisions? Div you'd rather go up than down because when you go down, you lose the speed advantage that you have when you go up. Yes. And you lost it to Sergio Pettis. Who was like dominating you? It was like Sergio didn't squeak out that win. He dominated Pitbull, dominated him. He knocked out Horaguchi, yep. knocked him out. Juan Archuleta was no joke. You can argue that those three wins by Sergio Pettis are better than the three wins by Anthony Pettis. Yeah, I would think so. Pettis was just on a bigger platform. Yes, he when was, he got those, but everybody the potential of what Anthony yeah. Pettis could be, but he didn't quite live up to his potential. And then he fell off a cliff. Like, we got to count the end. You got to remember. He can't beat anybody. He beats he beats Benson Henderson, and he beats Gilbert Melendez. And what did they do? 
The UFC was immediately like, him and Jose Aldo. That was a fight to make. Never materialized. Good. Because after that, Pettis fell apart. Max Holloway dominated Anthony Pettis. Yep. Dominated him in his prime. Sergio Pettis is better than his brother right now. Like, unless Sergio Pettis like loses the next five fights in a row, which I don't see happening, he's got Patchy Mix next. Yeah. Patchy Mix looks like a giant compared to Sergio Pettis. But then after that, I don't even know. Like, you've cleaned out the division. You got to entice DJ to not walk away and do one of these I, I mean, Bellator versus one. We interviewed him again. today. So we, me and Dean interviewed him. He was in the car with Anthony and I didn't know it. And I was looking at, cause Anthony bet like 50,000 on Sergio yeah. in the fight. <laughs> and I was like, yo, how much did your brother win? And he turns the phone to his brother. He's like, I want another, a lot of money, bro. He cleaned up. But then, you know, the thing was, well, you got to fight patchy mix next. And if you win that fight, what else do you do? Move up. No, he, well, he was like, I'll probably, you know, he's like, maybe I just lay down the belts. He's like, I'm not really retiring, but maybe I just take a break to see what happens. Like, maybe I move up. Maybe I move down. And then Dean was kind of like, are you just kind of like baiting the UFC to take you back? Because not because you want to go, but that's where the challenges are. Yeah. You can even make an argument that Sergio Pettis is the best band weight in the world right now. If you really wanted to. Ooh. If you really wanted to. May or may not be true. But... I think Aljamain Sterling right now has proven that he's the best bantamweight yeah, in the world. I, I think Even Aljo's though everybody's disrespected it. Aljo in terms of beating a compromised TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Right? They didn't give him credit for the on victory. And he beat Cejudo. Uh, these, are, these are three great wins. Yep. Some people try to take it away from him. But Pettis beat guys... If you get to the ground, you're, you're in a world of hurt yeah. with Aljamain Sterling. I mean, the, it's the little kicks. Like, I just watched that Seinfeld episode the other day. <laughs> the little kicks? Yeah, but uh, that's that's why, because he has no hands. No. He just does a bunch of little kicks, and then he gets you to the ground. It's very weird It's style. great, but Sergio Pettis just beat three, like, top guys. Yeah. And again, Pitbull is, like, no joke. And he beat him. Pettis versus O'Malley would be an incredible it's Like, if you, if you, right now, you can make the argument by beating Pitbull that Sergio Pettis is the best bantamweight in the world. I thought Pitbull was the best featherweight. He was. I mean, he came back and beat McKee, right? And then he moves down and he loses. But Sergio Pettis is, he's, I don't know how far he's moved up on Bellator's pound-for-pound pound list, but outside of Nemkov and a few others, like, Sergio Pettis is for real. He just kind of did this really understated. I got cut by the UFC when they were getting ready to shut out the fit, uh, flyweight division. He moves up to bantamweight, and then he never loses again. <laughs> just went on the tear. He had, you know, like a little over almost, he had 18 months off because of the ACL injury. He comes back and you fight Pitbull. He's the underdog and he dominates him. Doesn't just win. He no, dominates wasn't him. close. Like Aljo's had close fights. Again, I think Aljo has a better resume, but I know there's people out there that don't believe in Aljo and Sterling. He'll probably go into Boston as the underdog against Sean O'Malley to a lot of people. Probably. He shouldn't be. He's going to get booed out of the city. Out of the city. That is arguably the worst place you can put a black champion. Again, it's like, what are we doing? Like the <laughs> They UFC, know what they're doing. They know exactly what the they're doing. The man's last name is O'Malley. Yeah. He has colored hair. And even though those people cannot relate to him at all, because he's not like a, a traditional like Irish person, but they're going to see O'Malley on the ticket and a black man holding the belt. They go nuts. And it's going to be like, what? Lakers Boston? versus Celtics. That's what it's going to look like to them. 100%. Fuck Showtime. That's Great what it's going to It's like the move. So I, I think you can make the case for Sergio. Um, I know there's also rumors. Scott Coker kind of addressed this, that Bellator is you know up for sale. Yeah. And PFL could be a potential buyer. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> look. Bellator is ho- horrible at promoting their fights. Yeah. Horrible. But if they do a merger and PFL would have buy Bellator and then cut the fat and keep like the Aaron Picos, AJ McKees, the Nemkovs, things get really interesting for PFL. Just cut the old people. Yeah. But, but you, it actually gives you a, a good amount of heavyweights, especially you have Francis. You, like your, exactly. your heavyweight division is now pretty damn good. Now you have Ryan Bader versus Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Right? But furthermore, you have the Aaron Picos, you have the AJ McKees, you have the MVPs. You can leverage them because now you have a bigger platform on ESPN, which is weird because now the competition is on the same network. But it's been off. Bye. Like if I'm Bellator and I see PFL with Jake Paul for marketing, Francis Ngannou is this big shiny signing, and now they can acquire this dude, Chris Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison. Now you can can do it. Yep. Bellator, like bye Bellator. Fuck the Showtime deal. You're not going anywhere. Maybe you bring on Scott Coker to help with PFL. Isn't Showtime kind of shuddering? Like, yeah, Showtime it, is like... It's, it's, dude, PFL... I mean, Bellator is time for it to be over. They just have not done a great job promoting their fighters. PFL, I think, would do a 
fantastic job with some of these guys. Nemkov is, might be the best light heavyweight in the world. He's better than, I think, Jamal Hill. Yeah. Other than Yuri Pahaska. Sure. I was about to say, I'm not sure Jamal is the best no, probably in not. his own company. But Yuri Pahaska, is, yes. when he comes back, he'll, he'll be the guy. But right now, I think Nemkov, he just he beats everybody. Yes. He made Yoram Romero look like a rookie. I mean, Yoram Romero is 58 years old. With a body of like a, like that dude's physically, I don't know how they built that man. I don't know. But the motherfuckers dancing in the, in the cage. Yeah. But, but you got Nemkov, you got Bader, you got, again, you have Aaron Pico who feels like he's finally hitting his stride. You have Rafian Stotts, you have Sergio Pettis. Like you bring all this talent to PFL, now you have a competitor that can yeah. chip away at the UFC. But Bellator, as it stands right now, they ain't going nowhere. And you're on like a major platform. Like exactly. You're, you're even in terms of platform. Dude, if Aaron Pico catches fire, which is what we've been waiting for, but we all know it's not a young man's game. If he yeah. catches fire or if MVP figures some things out, you can stack. Dude, again, Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg. That's a huge, that's a pay-per-view. Yep. You want to do your face, first pay-per-view with, with Francis Ngannou versus Ryan Bader or whoever. And the co-main event is Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison. That sells. I don't know if it was Luke Campbell or if it was someone else this week. I don't think it was Ariel. They were like, there's no reason if like Bellator goes to, and merges with PFL that the UFC shouldn't do cross-promoted. You know a cross-promoted event. You know why they won't. That was Luke yeah. Thomas that said that. You know why they won't. Yeah, he's like, it's the net, no network's problems. Like yeah. every, like you do John Jones, Francis and Ghana with no problem. Oh, can but we talk about that not, real quick? You're not splitting the pie. Oh, we, the, the run-in? Can we talk about like, Y'all had three years to make this fight. Yes. Well, John wasn't up there. I don't care. And, and John was going through some shit. I don't care. You had three years to make this fight and talk all that shit. Now that it, this is like when, you know, it's like, let's fight after school. And you get all your homies, hold me back. If they, if they didn't let me, that's what the promotions are. They're holding you back. Like Francis wanted to fight or whatever. These two, it's ridiculous because John is backstage with Brett. Akamoto, and he's like, oh, Francis is a sweetheart, and if I run into him, you know, it'll be respect. I'll show him knuckles. I'll give him respect. Then he sees and starts talking shit to him. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You know, John can't help himself. He can't. He can't, but it's like, both of you guys look like idiots because the fight's never going to happen. And here you both are. Like, first of all, John, what are you doing here? He was cornering as a I don't care. trading partner. But I mean, what are you doing seeking out and getting in Francis Ngannou's face? You had the chance. There's only like three fights John wants. And and one of them is Francis Ngannou. Yes. And it's Stipe, which I don't even know if that's happening anymore. Stipe will be in town for International Fight Week. I can't wait. Because, bruh, every time I see Stipe, he sounds more and more punch drunk. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just kind of how Stipe talks. I know, but now. it's getting worse. Possibly. Like, maybe his motor skills are down. Regardless, I don't understand why this fight hasn't materialized yet. But then after that, Who's John fight? There's nobody there. How old is Brock Lesnar? Too old to be in the goddamn... Too old to pass the Usada test because he ain't passing that shit. Uh, you don't got it. Listen, he does not have Connor problems. The last time he came in, they tested him for three, two months, two months, and then he still fa failed the test. Yeah, I can't. After UFC, like, UFC 200, right? Yeah. yeah. Against Mark Hunt. Yep. Piss hot right after. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm pissing fire. Like, he probably didn't <laughs> even take the test. He tried, wrote in the paper, failed. Failed. That's it. And gave it to him. On the back of his check after he cashed that shit. Yeah, he was like, thank you. <laughs> like, how much you going to find me? The other thing before we get out of here, the UFC announced a few fights. Uh, it was There's a weird couple of fights. One, Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie. I was like, do they hate the Korean Zombie? Why would you do this to this man? Yeah, Max just really doesn't have too many people to fight. He don't, but you're like... It, Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung recently said something like he's approaching the end of his career. This is like, all right, we're going to help you out the door. Damn right. Because Max Holloway's going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, Korean Zombie's laying down the glove. <laughs> he's going to get punished. Yeah. The other fight is... You reminded me, I got to work some stuff up from work. Just because I already know he's going to do it. Yeah. Got to get that graphic ready. Cheeto Vera versus Henry Cejudo. Yes. Is on the same card as O'Malley and Aljo, which probably means that they're both in some way, shape, or form backups. Yeah. Because Cheeto's the last person to beat O'Malley. Cejudo and Sterling had a close fight. Cejudo could fight. So, like, there's, there's ways that this can go. Yeah. But here's the weird thing about this fight. I was like, I saw the fight get announced. I was like, that's a good fight. And then they go, Umar Namegamedov versus Corey Sanhagen. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Corey Sanhagen just pieced up Marlon Vera. And that's what he gets? Yeah. Like, you win that fight, and then you watch the guy who you just beat get put on a prime spot on a pay-per-view 
while you get the guy who nobody wants to fight, <laughs> who's lower ranked. It doesn't make any sense. I like the fight as a fan, but if I'm Corey, I'm pissed. And then you look at Aljo who says this probably his last fight in the division. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got to be out of here. He, I mean, Aljo's, it's, he's too big. Yeah. He's too big. He was too big three years ago. And it need, he needs to move up because if he beats O'Malley, which I think he will if he doesn't play in front of him, right? If he doesn't do up, you can't do that with Sean O'Malley. Sean he, might catch him. He, exactly. And I like Aljo. I, I think it's O'Malley time. Though, it, but that's right. it could be. But if, if Aljo were to win and Volkanovski beats Yair Rodriguez as we expect, then Aljo fights Volkanovski. That's the only way for him to go. That's no, Volk's only fight. Yeah, because Volk is in the same he spot. He needs somebody. Yeah. Like he Volk needs is, that. He's got to be pissed right now. Like Volk has to be looking at this vision, and he has Max Holloway right beneath him, beating up everybody. Yeah. And it's like, will you leave something for me? Yeah. Nothing for him. He's going to fight Yair. He'll probably beat Yair, even though Yair is much improved. He'll probably beat Yair, and he obviously wants to go to lightweight. Lightweight's, it's a good mess because they're loaded. They, like the winner of Gaethje Poirier or Dubronx, which we didn't talk about because I wasn't here. Like Charles Charles Oliveira is the real BMF champion. All he does is finish people. He's the real BMF champion because you have two guys fighting for that title, and he fucked them both up. <laughs> so it's like they should have just they should take the title off. Like I don't care whoever wins that fight. Charles should get in the octagon, just take the title. And I love Islam's quote. Like he's like I don't even want that. Yeah, who the shit fuck he wants made a belt? I don't want that belt. But that that that's Charles Oliveira's belt. But that, those are your lightweights: Dubronx, Gaethje, Poirier, Islam. Volk obviously wants to go up and fight one of them. He wants to fight for the title. It's there's nowhere for him to go in featherweight. Aljamain Sterling could become the featherweight champion. Could like in a weird way, if he beats O'Malley, it's two fights away. He beats O'Malley, he gets all that Mag title shot. Because there's nobody else for Volk to fight. No. And he's right there. And look, man, I think Volk is the best fighter in the world right now, pound for pound. Because he's done, even though he lost to Islam, he gave Islam hell. He did. And he, I think if Volk fights him again, he might beat him. I don't know. I don't know if Islam. I, he's, he's got, he That's felt tough. everything that Islam had. And he came on strong late in that fight. So you, what I would like to see Volk do, he won't do it because it's too much work. Take another fight of lightweight to kind of sit in the weight class for like six months before he fights Islam because now you're just naturally bigger. Okay. But I don't think he'll do it. I think he wants to go right back in the title fight because he was so close. Yeah. But, and that just leaves Aljo to be the featherweight champion. But I of the think world. he should bulk up his body. He should. He should. Like, yeah. he, not too much because you don't want to lose the speed, but in the striking department, he was giving Makachev hell. No, yeah, he had. Clearly had the advantage in the yeah. strength. It's, it's some interesting matchups this summer for the UFC, but th that one just stuck out to me. I saw Corey Sanhagen versus Umar Namegamedov, and I was like, really? Yo, you mentioned significant strikes earlier. We did a graphic. It was the uh, most significant strikes landed in a single UFC fight. 241 is incredible by Jerry Kennedy yes. this past weekend. No one's catching this record ever. What, Max Holloway's? Max Holloway, Dude. 445. That was a Calvin Cater fight, right? Yeah. How do you get hit that many he times? He also has number two, 290, which was against Brian Ortega. But he did 445. Dude, and he's, de he's death of a thousand paper cuts, right? Like, Max Holloway ain't going to knock you out with one punch. No. That's the crazy thing about Cannoneer getting, landing that many punches on Marvin Vittori. Jared Cannoneer is probably the biggest puncher in the division. Yeah. And he hits Vittori that many times, and Vittori still stands up. Like, Max don't, he kind of jabs. He, he doesn't sit on all of his punches. Jared Kennedy does. And Vittori took all that shit. He set Vittori up to get knocked the fuck out by somebody else. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Luck. <laughs> that's not going to be good in the next fight, like you mentioned. Um, no, it's going to be one hell of a ride in MMA going forward. We appreciate you all. Again, we appreciate our guests for coming through. Phil Rowe. Uh, Phil Death Rowe better be the name after this. Yeah, you got to What a great nickname. They robbed him of that. But no, we can't wait to watch the fights. In the meantime, make sure you guys follow us on social media, on all the platforms. You can follow myself, the old man, Andreas Hale, as well, all over social media. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios and the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. Everyone in Booth, thank you guys very much. We still have a boxing episode and a pro wrestling episode to come later this week. So plenty more corner podcasts for you guys. We appreciate you all. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.